If you're ready to elevate your level of care and professional satisfaction, register today for the trusted DPC event that can help get you where you want to go. With three physician-led tracks focusing on starting a DPC practice, growing a DPC practice, and clinical expertise within a DPC practice, the Direct Primary Care Summit has content for anyone no matter where you are in your DPC journey. The DPC Summit is happening June 20th to 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Learn more and register today at dpcsummit.org. Direct Primary Care is an innovative alternative path to insurance-driven healthcare. Typically, patients pay their doctor a low monthly membership and, in return, build a lasting relationship with their doctor and have their doctor available at their fingertips. Hey everybody, my name is Dr. Paul Thomas, and for me, direct primary care means delivering affordable and accessible health care to my community here in Detroit and beyond. Thanks for joining us today, and this is my DPC story. Today, I am honored to interview one of the most dynamic speakers there is in the DPC universe. Ironically, he learned about DPC through a friend who advised him to listen to a podcast. Dr. Paul Thomas grew up near Corktown, Detroit, where his practice, Plum Health DPC, is the first of its kind in Detroit and Wayne counties. His mission is to deliver affordable, accessible health care services in Detroit and beyond. He has been featured on WDIV-TV Channel 4, WXYZ Channel 7, Crane's Detroit Business, and CBS Radio. He has also been a speaker at TEDx Detroit and is a graduate and clinical assistant professor at Wayne State University School of Medicine. Recently, he published his second book entitled Startup DPC, How to Start and Grow Your Direct Primary Care Practice, available in both paper and Kindle formats on Amazon. He has been in practice since 2016 and now has two clinics and two co-DPC doctors working under his vision, Plum Health DPC. Welcome, Dr. Paul, to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. I wanted to start with the opening of Plum Health. Now, you finished residency in July of 2016 and then opened your doors soon after in November of the same year. Yeah, that's how we did it. Um, I finished residency um, in June 2016, June 30th to be exact. And then that July, I spent some time taking some classes uh, in business and then also, you know, hammering out the details for how I was going to launch. And then I launched November 2016. I started making house calls, which was wild. You know, I, I don't think I ever would have started until um, one of our patients called me. He had signed up um, and I had a, like seven or so people sign up. And he had said, you know, is this a real thing or, or what? And I said, um, yeah, it's real. He's like, well, I just took my last pill of sertraline and I am now officially out and I need some. So I ordered some, it arrived the next day and I made a house call the next day to uh, deliver it to him and start taking care of him. And that was my very first patient. That is such a cool story and something that 
I think patients might not realize that doctors still do house calls to these days. I wanted to ask when you uh, had those first seven patients sign up, how did you market yourself and the practice in those first few days? Well, I really launched my website in like February or March of uh, 2016. So my friend Tommy helped me design a logo. We built this website together and it was just there. And I was writing some blog posts. I, I wrote some blog posts about like why I picked Plum Health and a lot of things like that. And gradually I had a few people sign up. And as they signed up, I just emailed them and said, you know, I'm really just testing the waters here and seeing how many people will sign up. I may or may not do this, but um, thank you so much for signing up. And we should be launching in late 2016, early 2017. Um, but like I said, I started in November because that one patient called me out and was like, I really need your help today. So um, that kind of pushed me into getting started. Um, so it was kind of like a combination of blogging and posting on social media that got those first few people to sign up. And your first few people, were they former patients that you had during residency or were they completely unknown to you prior to signing up? Well, one person was in a business class that I was taking and the rest of them I had not met before. They were just kind of That's people been- who were searching for primary care in Detroit and they found our website. That's fantastic to hear. When you started out in February and March with an online presence, and then eventually in November when you saw that first patient, um, going into the early days in into the next year, 2017, when you finally had a physical location, did you have any moments that you second-guessed your DPC decision or ever thought or were ever told by others that this might not work? No, um, I, I always thought that it always felt really good starting it because, you know, at that time, uh, during the last half of my residency for like a year and a half, I was working in urgent care. And then that year and a half coming out of residency, I kept on working in urgent care just to like cover my bills and you know, pay my mortgage and my car payment and things like that. And I absolutely hated working in the system. I, ha- I hated working in the urgent care. I was seeing like 60 patients on a weekday. I would work a 12 hour shift and I would be seeing, you know, four to five patients an hour and it was just soul crushing. And so it was so good and so nice to be in a space or make a house call where I could sit with somebody for 30 minutes or an hour, really go over their full history and, and be instrumental in helping them like take the step next step in their health journey and helping them in their processes. And, um, that's just something I couldn't do in, in urgent care. And it didn't really feel like I could do that in an employed fee-for-service practice. And so every time I met with a new patient, every time I helped somebody in my DPC practice, it just felt so good. And I knew that I was on the right path to you know, helping people with their medical issues. What a wonderful story to hear in terms of you not second guessing your decision. You know, for some people, it might be uh, a scary decision from a financial perspective or uh, a time perspective. And for you to have had this vision and to have stuck with it and now to be so successful, that's absolutely wonderful to hear. Now, given that you are well established in your community, I want to go back to the fact that you are a native of the Detroit area. And you of all people can see how the Detroit area is evolving and how it's a perfect community for DPC. 
I wanted to ask, how are you and Plum Health involved in Detroit with regards to community engagement and outreach now and in the future? Yeah, I, I guess I'd want to correct something there. I, I don't think Detroit's a perfect community for DPC, and I don't think there are any perfect communities for DPC. I think every community has its own challenges and opportunities. And in Detroit, a lot of people have like this um, blue collar mentality around health insurance. And what I mean by that is like a lot of people who work for Ford, Chrysler, GM, they always have health insurance included in their contracts. So they never really want to pay a dollar over and above their health insurance premiums for like, quote unquote, better care or direct primary care. And so that was a huge challenge. Educating people on what health care is outside of health insurance was a giant challenge in my marketplace. And it made starting this a difficult process. Um, and so I don't really think Detroit is a perfect community for a DPC. But, you know, in other communities, like you say you're in a rural community, you're going to have less people or fewer people in your community. So your pool of patients might be smaller. It's not to say you can't do it there. Or maybe you're in a suburban community where, you know, 90% of the population has health insurance coverage. You know, they may have more money, but perhaps everybody has insurance coverage all, already. So there's always going to be some kind of battle when you're starting your direct primary care practice with you having to prove how valuable your service is. Um, with that being said, um, the things that we do in Detroit to really engage with people is I spend a lot of time teaching people about health topics that are relevant. And my preferred medium is making like videos um, and putting those on YouTube or on uh, Facebook or on, or I just make long form posts on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn that are kind of fun, but educational. It's kind of like infotainment. I'm trying to educate my community about important health topics while entertaining them at the same time and being engaging. And you definitely did a wonderful job throughout the start of the coronavirus uh, pandemic, especially where you were posting about what the current situation is uh, in the Detroit area in Michigan. Um, those were extremely informative. I was drawn in by watching what you had to present and how you presented it. Yeah, totally. I, I really try to stay level-headed, even keel, and just stick to the facts of like, okay, this is how many cases we're having. This is why I think it's happening. And this is how you can protect yourself and your family and the greater community by taking these actions. It was kind of something tangible, relatable, easy to understand, easy to digest. And we tried to make it fun and entertaining as well. I think the video medium is like a good way to communicate that kind of information. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Your calls for more content have not fallen on deaf ears. I am so excited to announce the My DPC Story Patreon community. Delve into exclusive full-length interviews with pioneers like Dr. Niti Kapoor, our inaugural physician guest, and get further enlightening insights from our current season's doctors, starting with Dr. Harpreet Sui. Hear our guests share even more, from their worst days to their best days and everything in between. Get access to this treasure trove of conversations and more by joining our My DPC Story community now. Check out the link in the show notes or go to patreon.com forward slash mydpcstoryfan. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash mydpcstoryfan.
absolutely. Especially these days where you might not be able to meet someone in person without a mask on. And so for someone to watch you and see your, your face, uh, even though it might not be in person, it's, it's somewhat more personable than masks can be these days. With that said, you are obviously very much a public figure in your local community, as well as in the DPC community. And even recently on the DPC Docs Facebook page, there's been two or three posts that I've read just within this past week about others interested in making uh, public speeches or being featured on uh, TV spots or radio spots. For those who might feel a little uncomfortable or unsure venturing out into that uh, area of the media, do you have any tips on improving one's public speaking abilities or how they present to the public about DPC in their clinics? Sure. I think it comes down to practice. And, you know, I've maybe I've done 50 to 100 podcasts at this point. I've been on TV a handful of times um, and I've made a lot of videos like for YouTube to maybe 200 or more at this point. And so, you know, part of why people see me on different media channels and like speaking clearly and eloquently um, is because I've practiced and I've practiced this art so many times that it, it becomes such second nature at some point. Um, and so my advice to you is if you want to be featured on TV, well, start handing your phone to your medical assistant and have them film you talking about medical topics that are important to you and relevant for your community. And you do that every single day for a hundred days and you're going to be really good at it. Um, or at least a lot better than when you started and you'll see yourself, you'll watch yourself on these videos and you'll feel a little bit of an embarrassment because, Oh man, I wish I would have not moved my hand like that. Or I wish I wouldn't have had that expression on my face or whatever, but you'll learn from watching yourself over and over and again and, and trying again and again to improve yourself and you'll, um, really accelerate, accelerate your growth. And likewise, um, I do a lot of these podcasts, so I've, I take as many of these as I can because it's a good practice for being on the radio and also just getting the word out about direct primary care. These end up reaching a lot of people, so it's nice to speak with you know fellow doctors like yourself or uh, people who are in the public. And, and kind of through my podcasting, I've been invited to be a regular guest on what's called the Daily Detroit here in Detroit. Um, it's a, a newscast that happens every day, um, and they've invited me to be like their medical correspondent. So that's been a lot of fun, kind of polishing my approach and seeing it pay off over time. Definitely. And it reinforces how powerful social media can be. I wanted to ask about how much time each week do you dedicate to social media? Oh, man. I usually spend about one hour you know, taking a photo that I've taken from the previous week, thinking about that content and writing a story about it. Um, and I usually start with Instagram because I like how they have the filters and you can write a long form story. And I essentially take that content from Instagram and I share it on different platforms just in a different way. So, you know, on LinkedIn, I'll use the hashtag healthcare and Detroit because those help it to trend in my local community and nationally. And then I'll backlink it to a blog post. And then oftentimes I'll take embed that one of the posts, either like the Instagram or LinkedIn post, I'll embed that on my blog and then go into further detail about why it's important and maybe 
link some other studies. So all that takes me about an hour, sometimes two hours uh, to do initially. And then throughout the week, periodically, I'll check in on, you know, comments or likes and engage with people. I think um, one thing doctors might do is just post something and then let it go. I think it's really powerful when you engage with people after the fact, especially when they respond positively and want to give you feedback or when they, you know, want to talk smack about you and say, you're doing it wrong. It's really fun to engage with people and kind of share your objective uh, perspective. For example, I made a post about uh, doing a house call and one of the guys came onto that LinkedIn post and said, you know, stupid mask or something like that. And I responded by saying, you know, it's not a stupid mask. This mask is helping me to protect myself, protect my patients, protect my community. And I wear this mask proudly because I believe in its ability to reduce the spread of coronavirus. And that actually garnered a ton of engagement. Like I think over a hundred people liked that one comment on that recent post that went viral on LinkedIn. So I think it's really important to follow up on your posts and engage with people after the fact, because it goes a long way into, um, you know, enforcing yourself as a real person with depth more than just like a one dimensional kind of like a polished version of yourself. And just saying that it really goes back to your focus about how you've spoken about how important relationships are in starting and maintaining um, a business, your your uh, patient care. I, I want to go and touch on relationships um, with regards to the fact that you have now two partners, Dr. Raquel Orlick and Dr. Jamie Qualls. I wanted to ask specifically for those listeners who might be uh, thinking into the future about potentially having a partner or more than one partner, um, join them in their in their vision and their DPC. How did you decide that the time was right to add additional doctors to Plum Health? Sure. Um, so let's see. I started the practice in November 2016. And then around um, you know January of 2019, I was getting full. I was basically full at that point. So maybe two, two and a half years later, I'm pretty much full with patients. And I got to around 525 in June 2019, um, right before Dr. Raquel came on. So she started July 1st, 2019, if I'm doing this correctly in my mind. And, um, she's been with us for like 12, 13 months. And now she's nearly full. She's at around 380 patients in that 14 month period, which has been great. So, you know, to answer your question, I was full and I wanted to serve more people and take care of more people and give more value to my community. And I knew that I could do that more effectively with another doctor in my group. Um, so I hired Dr. Raquel and she uh, was eager to join us. She thought this was a great model. And then for Dr. Jamie Qualls, she came out of residency and really wanted to join us as well, uh, just like Dr. Raquel Orlick. Um, they both came straight out of residency into our practice, but Dr. Jamie Qualls wanted to do it in a different location. She's from the Oakland County area and wanted to have a practice in Oakland County. So we decided that would be advantageous to open a second location up in Farmington Hills, which is in Oakland County. And now we're serving more patients in that geographic area. And that feels like home for her. And so she's become an asset for her home community, which I love. I love that story of her 
you know, going to medical school, going through residency and wanting to come back and serve her home community. So I'm really proud of her and what she's building up in Oakland County. In terms of geographic distance, how far is Oakland County from the Plum Health location in Corktown? Yeah, so um, we're in Detroit and we're pretty close to downtown Detroit. Um, It's about eight miles north is the border of Oakland County. Um, And if you've seen the movie Eight Miles Eminem, that's like the historic eight mile that they're talking about in the movie. But uh, that's the dividing line between Detroit and Oakland County. Um, Our offices are about I think it's like 15 to 20 miles apart. It's about uh, 25 minutes driving between the two offices. So there's a little bit of geographic overlap between the two, um, but most folks in Northern, Western, and um, yeah, Northern and Western Oakland County would find the Farmington Hills office more convenient. Some people in Southern Oakland County, it would be like the same driving distance to the two. And pretty much everyone in Wayne County would find our, Detroit office, more convenient in Detroit's in Wayne County. When you were looking and just before Dr. Raquel Orlick came on, did you have some kind of wait list uh, given that you were expecting a new doctor to join you and you, you and your practice was full? No, I just kept on adding patients and I got up to around 525 patients. Um, and then when she came on, I just sent an email to all my patients and offered that if they'd like to have a female physician as their primary care doctor, that Dr. Raquel would be, Dr. Raquel Orlick would be joining our practice and she'd be happy to take them on. And I'd be happy to, uh, you know, allow them to see her um, if they felt more comfortable. I want to go back to um, relationships. How do you balance work and family? Yeah, I think the direct primary care model offers you an opportunity to you know, work during the working hours and be home when you're not at your direct primary care practice. You know, it really depends on how large you want to grow. Like for me, if I stuck at 450, 500 patients, even 550 patients and remained a solo doctor, um, things would run really smoothly and I would probably not take any work home with me. Um, and right now, I don't really take too much patient care work home with me. I finish all of my notes in the office. And sometimes I'll have patients text me after hours and I'll follow up on a refill here or uh, you know, call on a medication there. Um, most of the time I work outside the office um, would be on building the brand and bringing on other doctors. You know, We're, we're going to try and bring on a fourth doctor here in February. So I'm doing a little bit more than a typical direct primary care doctor. But speaking for the other doctors in my practice, they're getting basically all of their work done in the office and working from nine to five, seeing five to 10 patients a day and earning a really good salary while doing it. So, you know, if you start a practice, you might have a few more responsibilities that quote unquote, keep you up at night. Um, But for, let's say you're an employed doctor, uh, the vast majority of your work is done in the office and you're not really taking that much home with you. So to speak to your question, um, you can have a really f- strong family life in this model. And in, for me, you know, I've always made decisions with my wife, Amanda. She's a veterinarian. She works. So I try to like on Thursdays, she works later. So I try to, you know, do a little bit more work Thursday evening and then she's off on Mondays and Tuesdays. So I really don't bring any work home on those days. And then sometimes she'll pick up a Saturday shift. And when she's working on Saturday, 
Likewise, I'll do work for my business on that Saturday that she's working uh, when she has Saturdays and uh, Sunday, when we have Sundays off together, I really don't do any work for my business so that I can focus on, you know, spending time together with her or visiting our family and having like family dinner with our extended family and things like that. And the other thing that I've been able to do is take vacations. And um, I love that about my DPC practice is I can really easily email all of my patients and let them know when and sometimes where I'm going, you know, and say, listen, my phone's not going to be on because I'm going to be in another continent. You know, I'll be in Europe for two weeks or something like that. And, um, and uh, I'll see you when I get back, call my partner while I'm away. Let me know if I can take care of anything for you before I go. And that's really allowed me to have really high quality vacation time, which has been phenomenal. Absolutely. Especially when, when all of us deserve to have some time off um, that is, is protected. When you were in solo practice prior to Dr. Raquel Orlick joining you, what would your coverage be? Would you have another DPC doc cover you um, by doing telephone visits for your patients if they needed something while you were away? Uh, sure. So let's say it was August, 2018. Every August we go on a two week trip to get out of the country and, you know, recharge. That's our anniversary time in late August. So um, I had about 375, 400 patients at that time in August, 2018. And we did a two week trip to Italy and I emailed all my patients about four times before I left and let them know that I was going abroad and that I would be happy to take care of any school physicals, any med refills, any physical exams, anything that they needed while I was uh, here in the office, but I would be going out of town. And um, if they needed something while I was out of town, they could always send me an email as I might be able to answer that while away if I had good Wi-Fi, or they could go to the urgent care. Um, and that's what I did. I had one person go to the urgent care because they had uh, pneumonia and they were given a Z-Pack, and we followed, I followed up with them when I came back, and that was the only person who needed something while I was away. You know, when you're talking about having a panel of 500 patients, your patients aren't going to need that much when you're away, um, as long as you're super proactive about getting people in before you go. So I started emailing people a month before I leave, and I basically email them every single week until I take off, and that really stems any you know, hard feelings because you're clearly communicating that you're taking a break. Um, and now that I have partners, you know, there's virtually nothing that becomes a problem because if they need anything, my patients need anything, they call the office and Dr. Raquel Orlick or Dr. Jamie Qualls takes care of it. And it's just that easy. That's phenomenal. And just speaking from a person who's currently still in fee for service, I, I can't even email my patients because that's not a feature of uh, of our um, services that we offer. And so, you know, just the fact that you uh, reached out four times before you left, um, th that you had only one patient who really had a serious issue that they had to go to the urgent care for, that that's phenomenal to hear. Yeah. And then, you know, while I was away, I checked my email uh, every morning. Um, my wife tends to sleep in a little bit longer than I do. I'm usually like an early riser. So yeah, I just checked my email, answer a few questions. I you know, definitely called in a couple meds, you know, for like a pink eye here or something like that there. And that would be helpful to kind of streamline things for when I get back. Um, but, um, you know, when I went up like this year, I went up north and 
I really didn't have to do too much for my patients while I was away because my partners took care of it. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Thank you to Spruce Health for supporting the My DPC Story podcast. The ways we communicate have changed dramatically over the past decades, but technology and tools in healthcare have not kept pace. Patients want more access and digital convenience, as well as the ability to text their care teams. Care teams are inundated with more communication and rising expectations, but are still using tools and technology stuck in prior decades. Spruce Health created a solution for the tech-forward DPC practice by creating a communication product designed to serve both the patient and the doctor through intuitive HIPAA-compliant workflows, tagging, scheduled messages, and triage templates ready for use, whether you're on your phone or in the exam room. New users get 20% off for the first 12 months of a paid plan with code MARYAL20. That's M-A-R-Y-A-L-2-0. So check out Spruce Health today at sprucehealth.com or check out the link in the show notes. I have become a huge fan of podcasts. Ever since Sarah Koenig hosted the first season of Serial, I was hooked. Now, creating this podcast has become part of my daily life. While it is an exciting new hobby, I also see it as a privilege that I get to interview so many DPC and direct care doctors. If you are interested in starting a podcast, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. It's basically everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I want to shift gears a little bit with regards to uh, how you learned the business side of your practice and how you developed your business plan. Yeah, so um, I wrote my business plan in March of uh, 2016, so about six months before I launched. And then I've been continuously continuously refining it. So I've been working on it throughout. Um, and I took a couple business classes when I finished residency. And um, they were each eight weeks. They were each about $500. And I learned a ton about you know branding, marketing, law, finance, um, you know, how to write a business plan, how to perfect it, how to pitch to banks and um, venture capitals, et cetera. And so I know this can be a really difficult process for doctors. And that's why I tried to distill all of that knowledge and put it into one of my courses online. So on my website, startupdpc.com, I have a couple courses where I teach doctors the fundamentals of how to start and grow a direct primary care practice. And that's one of the uh, key resources that a lot of doctors have been using. I've been actually shocked how many people have bought that course, didn't use that course, um, given me great feedback on it because there isn't really a great resource for doctors who want to write a business plan and start their own practice this way. And so it's been really cool to see all the positive feedback I've gotten on it. Um, and it's nice having a good business plan because it is a roadmap for your business and it's important on, um, it's important for like how you're going to start, how much money you're going to spend, how much you're going to project that you're going to spend for your monthly um, expenditures and 
how much money you're going to expect to bring in for your revenue side. So that business plan can be instrumental in making sure you have a good launch point and a good, you know, six months when you start. Um, and that will give you enough time to have what what's called runway where you can bring out enough patience to make it all work. When you look at your business plan and how you're constantly going back to it, I want to ask about what do you see for Plum Health in the future? You already mentioned adding another doctor come February. Yeah. So like one thing I didn't have in my business plan was like setting up a 401k, but I did that this year because it was important for myself and my employees. Like I want to give my employees a lot of good benefits so that they, you know, love working here and, and earn a really good income, both like, you know, for their investment side and for their daily expenses. So it was really important to me to put that together. So that, that's something I've added. And then I didn't really see us starting a second office until we had maybe three doctors at this office and kind of worked out all the kinks with three doctors in one office and then launched a second spot. But um, Dr. Jamie Qualls was so adamant about serving her home community up in Oakland County. So I was really excited to partner with her and and work to launch Plum Health in a second location, perhaps before I would have been ready to, but I'm really glad that I did because I think it's working out really well so far. Um, and I think we're going to continue to add doctors as time goes on, um, as capital allows. And so, you know, what I'm working on right now is like, how can I leverage capital to bring on all the doctors who want to join our practice? And how can we serve more patients in our community with affordable and accessible healthcare? For those who might not know about those early blog posts, uh, when you were creating your brand, how did you decide on Plum Health and your logo? Yeah, I think Plum Health just sounds great. Like it just rolls off the tongue. I think it's easy to understand. I think you know that I'm talking about a medical clinic. Some people sound, say it sounds like an insurance company, which is fine. Um, and, you know, it's it's really simple. It's 10 letters, Plum Health. And um, it's purple. It's round. Um, it, if you draw out a plum, it's two overlapping circles. And we think of that as a doctor-patient relationship. And we have a lot more overlap in this clinic than you would at any other healthcare center. So, you know, that's the basis of our brand and why we selected that and what it means to me. And then it also is purple. You know, it represents a lot of the minority and LGBT community folks that are left out of the typical insurance coverage, especially in a city like Detroit. So, you know, that's important for me to have like that representation um, in our branding that we're serving all comers. Given your success, you've, you've definitely achieved that. I want to ask if you have any tech or tools that you, Dr. Raquel or Dr. Jamie use and love in your practice. Yeah, I use Calendly and I absolutely love it. It's a like calendar, but take off the AR and add an LY, Calendly. And basically if a patient requests an appointment with me, I can just text them and they can pick a, an appointment slot that's available. It syncs with my Google Calendar, and it's one of the, my favorite tools. And does it also sync with your EMR? Uh, we don't use our EMR for scheduling because it's clunky. Um, I prefer using the Calendly and Google Calendar for ske all scheduling. And then we're all on a Google um, background, so all of our team members can see the Google Calendar and see who we have coming in. And like our medical assistants, if, if we get a call into the office, our medical assistant answers. 
somebody wants an appointment, I give them the green light uh, just on his own to schedule them, put them on my schedule or put them on Raquel's schedule so we can serve our patients you know, on their terms. And the Calendly really allows people to select any time that they want across my calendar times. With regards to uh, a, a potential resource or resources that you would recommend highly to others, um, can you can you suggest uh, one or more than one? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to shout myself out here because I think the Startup DPC book is phenomenal. If you haven't picked up a copy, it's on Amazon in Kindle and paperback paperback format. Uh, if you want me to send you a signed copy, just send me an email, paul at plumhealthdpc.com. I'll send you one. Um, I'll just charge you the cost of the book plus shipping. And then, you know, if you want to check out our courses on startupdpc.com, I've gotten so much good feedback about our business plan course and about our sales funnel course, really about how to attract new patients to your practice. And I'm really excited that I'm going to be launching a course on how to hire another doctor because just as you asked in this interview, I've been getting so many questions. I get a question about every week on how we hired a new doctor. So I'm really going to lay it out. I'm going to include some of our contracts and some of my strategies around getting great doctors to be a part of my practice. Um, so I'm really excited to launch the, that uh, course coming up here in the next couple of weeks. For those who are right at the point of jumping into DPC or they're thinking about it, what is something that you might tell them to give them a little bit of inspiration? Yeah, um, it's not the decisions, it's the decisiveness. I, I heard this on a, it was like a Stanford lectured series that I listened to. Um, and one of the guest speakers said, it's not the decisions, it's the decisiveness. And so um, a lot of times in medicine, we're discouraged from making mistakes. We often say no stone unturned and, you know, um, and mistakes are often punished on rounds and, and in the clinical setting. And so I think on one side of your brain, you can do that as a clinician, but you have to absolutely leave that behind when you're starting a business and use the other side of your brain to really, really make fast decisions and don't be afa afraid to fail, you know, in terms of selecting this EMR or that EMR, using this email platform or that email platform, using uh, this website service or that website service. You're going to be confronted with a ton of different, like, you know, six and one, half a dozen the other choices. And the quicker you can make those decisions, the further you're going to get and the faster you're going to grow in this direct primary care model. Paul, I want to ask uh, if you can repeat your contact information. So if people are wanting to reach out to you, uh, they know how to get a hold of you. Yeah, um, drop me an email, paul at plumhealthdpc.com. And that DPC stands for direct primary care. Um, or you can call our office at 313-444-5630. Be happy to answer any of your questions and help you along your journey. For those who might still be in training or those who are just looking to actually see the model, uh, do you accept people to, quote unquote, rotate in your clinics? Yeah, um, we do accept some people for a short amount of time. And it really depends on how busy I am. I, I'm a clinical assistant professor at Wayne State. So I'm teaching students virtually year round um, by having them rotate through our clinic. And then I also take some residents from my home program and some uh, uh, medical students on like a continuity clinic basis. So it really depends. I really have no problem uh, having somebody here for like a half day or something if they want to see something. Um, but 
like if you're doing an extended rotation, it is a little bit more difficult. It has happened. I've had students uh, for an extended period, but just as long as it doesn't overlap with my Wayne State students. I want to uh, also make sure that people are aware that you will be speaking at the upcoming Hint 2D Summit Yes, uh, this September 24th to 25th. Yeah, I'm um, excited for that. It's going to be rad. Absolutely. It's my favorite conference of all of the DPC conferences. You can find more information out about the Hint Summit at summit.hint.com. And more information will be on the website, a blog post accompanying Dr. Paul's interview. Uh, registration for the two-day online summit is $149 and free to residents and students. That's really cool that they're making it free for residents and students. Um, I think that's phenomenal. Um, I'll be there uh, speaking on Friday at um, 3.30 Eastern time. I think that's like 1.30 Mountain time and 12.30 Pacific time. Um, so I'm really excited about that because I'll be sharing the stage with people like Dog MD, and one of my uh, favorite DPC pioneers, Jay Parkinson, um, also Clint Flanagan, Dr. Julie Gunther, um, Zach Holdsworth. It's going to be a really cool conference, a meeting of the minds, if you will. And I'm excited for some of the in- interactive features of their platform. Um, they're going to have some like uh, roundtable type discussions as well as some like, um, I guess, like random chat room meetup. So you can get like randomly paired with another doctor and talk for a couple of minutes and then move on to the next one. So it'll be kind of cool to see what their mixer situation is like. On that note, I just wanted to say thank you so much, Dr. Paul, for joining us today. And we highly look forward to hearing you at the Hint Summit and in the future. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure. And everybody who's listening to this and who's starting their direct primary care practice or growing their DPC practice, you can do it. It's a great journey and it's so fulfilling in the process. hearing from Dr. Marga Zaraga of Genera Health Direct. Until then, this is Marielle Conception. For more information on this episode and much more, please visit mydpcstory.wixsite.com forward slash mysite. That's mydpcstory.wixsite.com forward slash m-y-s-i-t-e.